Welcome to Hope for All Nations, a podcast by Calvary Worship Center Broadcast. We pray that God's word will continue to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, and that as you spend time in the presence, you will be abundantly fruitful. We are continuing our series on eternity. Investing for eternity. And we have been discussing the importance of having eternity on our minds. When you come to talk about giving and investing, the people of God have wrestled and continued to struggle with this subject since eternity. In fact, since the day that Abel made his first offering, the subject of giving has become an issue. I'm saying that the struggle with giving began way back with time of the second generation, Abel. The Bible said, by faith he offered an excellent sacrifice. And Cain struggled with it, like some of us today. And he gave something. It wasn't the best. And God never accepted his offering. Since then, we have been struggling with the issue of giving. And he ended up killing his brother. Last Sunday, we said that the issue of our giving has not just spiritual implications, it has also eternal implications. Remember, we ended, let me start with where I, I, I ended last Sunday. Luke chapter 16, verse 11. And Jesus said, if you are untrustworthy about worldly worth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? In other words, God is saying how we handle the worth around us will determine whether he can invest riches to us. These are serious matters. This is not just a matter of here, here we talk about giving and no. It's, it's about our heart. It's about our soul. Today, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to put to rest some of the controversies that have been around the church for many, many years. Even I was reading on some of, some of the writings of the church fighters, the issue of tithes and offerings. Many times you come to church and you hear it's time for tithes and offering. What is tithes and offering? Some of you have no idea what it is. As we talk about investing and giving, it is important that we touch this subject. Why? Because it is our, start, our starting point for every believer in our giving to God. I said our starting point. If you may, even our training wheels, that's where we start. And so I'm going to Look at the scriptures verse by verse. And hopefully at the end of this service, you have no doubt in your mind what God has called you and I to do. Are you still with me or I've lost you? Let's go to the book of Malachi. We're going to start with a very famous verse and I'm going to use that as my test and, and attempt to weave through this test both the Old and the New Testament writings concerning this verse. 
The Bible says, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Then God says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Then he said, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And then this is our test, our title, in tithes and offerings. God is calling for a revival. And he's saying the revival must begin with our giving. See why there is a spiritual connection between our worth, our giving, and our heart. Remember last week, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I believe, especially in North America, why it is so difficult to treat this subject is because our heart is in our treasure. Say, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, he says, that there be food in my house. Try me now and say, the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Somebody say amen. amen. Nor shall the vine fail to, lead, to bear fruit for you in the field. Says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, look at that, will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Tithes. And offerings. Wow. Even I was convicted. And I've been giving my tithe since high school. Since I was exposed to this truth. Whenever my father would bring me allowance, I would put something aside and say, God, this is for you. And he has not failed me yet. I said, God has not failed me yet. So there are things that we need to wrestle with. I cannot preach or teach something that I do not believe or practice. I need to preach the whole gospel of God. Though it may be a little bit uncomfortable, but sometimes certain medicines are uncomfortable, but you need it to live. Are you ready? Okay, so I'm going to look about four or five things, about five things about what we've just going to treat up so that to help you to grasp these verses. We are going to look at the percentage when we talk about tithe. What does it mean? We are going to look at the past of it. Should we really tithe? Is it not an Old Testament ordinance? We are going to look at the place. Where should we bring our tithes? Can't I send it to say, focus on the family? The purpose of the tithe. Why do we need to tithe? The provision, the blessing that comes with it, and how do we practice it? Is that okay? Yeah. All right, let's start with the first one, the percentage. So the Bible begins with a simple verse. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe. Somebody say the whole. Not 5%, not 8%, not 9.5%, not 9.99. He said bring the whole. Now, we said last week that the money belongs to God anyway. So when the Bible says bring, we only bring it that which belongs to him. We don't really pay tithes. We return the tithe unto God. Am I saying something? What is the tithe? We talk about the percentage. The tithe simply means a tenth. A tenth. That's the way it's, a, it's an Hebrew word, which means the tenth. It's, the Bible says in Leviticus 27 verse 30, a tenth of what? A tithe of 
everything from the land. Remember, they were farmers. Whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord, it is holy to the Lord. There are two words that really shock my system when I read it. The first one is obvious. It says it belongs to the Lord. We know that. So you're, you are not doing God a favor when you, we, you bring our tithe. It belongs to him. That is why I realized the Bible says if you don't bring to God, you're a thief. Because I used to wonder, why am I a thief? It's my own money. You are only a thief when you steal something. The church is quiet. I'm only a thief when I take something that do not belong to me. I believe there are no thieves in the church today. No, Calvary Washington, we don't have thieves. The Bible did not even say we are thieves. It said we are armed robbers. You know who's a robber? A robber is someone who comes and takes something by force. Say you are robbers. Very Now, when you come to understand why this is critical, somebody died in church because they started to steal from God. This, this, this is a serious matter. Now, I'm not talking about Old Testament. New Testament, in the middle of a re revival, somebody came and brought something, didn't bring everything, and she and the husband so the matter we are talking about is, is not Sunday school stuff. These are serious stuff. That each and every one of us need to, the revival that need to begin in us and with us. My wife came home when I was, Wednesday, when, when, when I was preparing my sermon, and she, she said, how is, it, how is it going? I said, we need to increase our tithe. She said, okay. She knew that I was being convicted about something. I said, I've been staying here too long. I need to go. I've been on the starting point too long. I need to start moving to deeper things. And we agreed right and then that we are going to do that. In other words, I felt it in my spirit that God is trying to say something. He said, it belongs to me. Number two. And the second thing he also said, and this is very critical, it is holy to me. And this, this takes it to a new dimension. Not only God is talking about possession of it, it talks about the reverence of it. Because it's so holy, you don't want to touch a holy thing. You don't want to touch it. It is holy. It has been set aside for me. My, my mother taught us how to tithe many, many years ago. And even when we were broke, we have no food. He would say, you can't touch the holy thing. You'd rather die. And I thank God for my mom for teaching me those habits. It belongs to God, and it is holy. You don't want to touch a holy thing. Sanctify to God. Are you still with me? So that's the percentage, the 10%. Whatever you're doing as a child of God, whatever brings income. I say as a student, so some of you here who are students, are you seeing what I'm saying? Anytime your parents send you something from Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Malaysia, Philippines, you, you can't say, tight it, start it. Come on, smile with me. The way you are looking at me, you are too serious. <laughs> now, let's go to the past of it. Do we really have to do it? You know what I've realized as a student of the Bible? And I have studied the Bible very well. And not, not, not that I know more than any of you, but I have taken my time to study the Word. I realized that the people who have issue with tithe is not because they want to pay more, because they want to pay nothing. Because people who want to give God their best, they don't worry about tithe, it's just a starting point. 
Anytime you see people trying to argue, we, we are not supposed to. They won't tell you we are not supposed to pray because prayer is in the Old Testament. I have not heard somebody say that. Worship, we, we are not taught how to worship. We are taught how to worship in the Old Testament. New Testament does not mention about worship as a doctrine. It takes for granted that you worship. Nobody says that that's the Ten Commandments. Nobody says we should not obey it. Nobody said you can commit murder. Murder is in the Old Testament. Why are we obeying it? Have you ever said somebody said that? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Ah, it's Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. I'm speaking to you as a student of the Bible. There's a continuity and discontinuity. In the Old Testament, there are ordinances, statutes, and laws. And when you're a good person of the Bible, you understand. I'm, I'm going to show you in a moment. What, are we, what carries over to the New Testament? In fact, you realize as you study the Bible, that in the New Testament, the issue is not even tight. The issue is all. In fact, Jesus Christ, when he teaches about this, he teaches about giving more than 10%. I mean, there's a widow who came and gave all. Jesus said, that's what I'm talking about. Not tight. All. Jesus met a rich man. He said, give all. If I were you, I'd rather take the tithe from the Old Testament. Are you changing your mind now? If you want to be a New Testament person, tithe is just a starting point. I haven't started yet. The issue of tithe, in fact, brothers and sisters, even began way before the law. So it's not even a law thing. It began by the, by the patriarch. So I want to read, when I say patriarch, our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the forefathers of our faith. Genesis chapter 14 says, watch this. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abraham, gave him a tithe of all. Who told him to do that? Revelation. That which began as a revelation became legalized. Now come to that point in, in the in, in, in the Old Testament. The Bible says in the course of time, Abel brought his first fruit. And I'll be talking about offerings and first fruit next week. Who told him that? You see, when you're a child of God and you walk with God and you're in tune with God, giving is not an issue. <laughs> giving is an outcome, a natural flow of your connection with heaven. Cain didn't get a revelation. Cain saw the brother do it and wanted to do it. And when you don't get the revelation, you go through the process. There was no guarantee that his animal that he just had is going to have more animals. But it's a question of faith. He said, God, you are my best, and I'm going to give you my best. And first fruit became a law. God said, because of what Abel did, I want everybody to do it. First fruit became a law. Now, we see Abraham offering this to God. Saw Melchizedek, who is, who is an image of God. And he said, Abraham, I'm so much blessed. Take 10%. That's where the whole idea of tithe came from. Now, listen to Jacob. Jacob, the Bible says, verse, tw uh, verse 20. Then Jacob, Genesis 28, made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I am taken. I will give and, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear. 
so that I return safely to my father's household. Then the Lord will be my father, my, my God. This stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. Now the man is moving in Revelation. Remember he has seen angels ascending and descending. He was in the space where he was afraid and anxious. And he said, God, are you going to be with me? He said, all that you give me, all that you give me, I will give, I will surely give you a tenth to you. A portion. What is that? He says that I recognize you as my originator. You remember? As my owner and my, what's the third one? Oh, you're a great student. Wow, you should be preaching my sermon next week. The rest of you, I've tried to help you. You can't say remember. Originator is the owner and is overseer. Anytime I give my best to God, I say, God, this is your money. Without breath, without abilities, without capabilities, without your strength, I am nothing. And I recognize that. Whenever you give to God, you are, you are making a statement. When you don't, you are saying it is mine and God, I cannot trust you. Because giving is a faith issue. I say it's a faith issue. He said, I'll give you everything. And nobody told him to do that. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the kind of giving that comes out of revelation is the kind of giving that God blesses. We were visiting, my wife and I were visiting a couple actually this week. And we had dinner and after that, they said, we want to give some, a big amount of money, some, some, some amount of money to some needy people. How do we do that? And we show them how to do it. Where did that come from? I didn't say anything. We were just having dinner. These are people you can tell a person's gifting from what is happening in his heart. And you see that throughout, it's a thread throughout the scriptures. That's what Jesus meant by you, you see the treasure you can tell also from the heart, where the heart is. Are you still with me? So it began by the Petrash, and it was legalized by Moses. Through the story of the Bible in Moses, it became a law. This is where the issue of um, legalism comes in. God said, this is a good thing, and I want you to make sure that every Israelite does it. So in Deuteronomy chapter 14, we read, you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops which you harvest each year. Bring this tithe to, the, to a place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored and eat it there in his presence. Now let's go back to the New Testament. Do you know Jesus actually affirmed it? Jesus tried to strip tithes from his legalism, his legalistic tendencies when he was addressing the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23. He actually does. Maybe some of you have never read it. Watch this. He said, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income gardens, but you ignore the more important aspect of the law, meaning justice, mercy, and faith. You have become so legalistic. You should tithe. Yes. Somebody say yes. Jesus did not say, stop tithing. He said, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. In other words, it doesn't matter when, whether you give all your life and you are not doing the things that involve mercy, justice. In other words, Jesus is saying, you got to do both. 
Otherwise, you can be legalistic, come to church, tithe 20%, 30%, and you're not talking to your neighbor. You are wasting your time. That's what Jesus is addressing. You got to, you got to make sure that you do it with your heart. Otherwise, become legalism. Pastor Sam, I wanted to know I tithed 25%, but are you walking with your neighbor? That is a part of it. Once you begin to read the New Testament, you realize that the New Testament, because of what Jesus has done, encourages us to give our best, even beyond our ability. Oh, did I say that? Can, can I show you that? L l l l watch this from Paul, 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 8. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. This church was going through fire. And they are very poor. You think that Paul would say, you are so poor, forget about giving. Giving is only for the rich. But he said, no. But they are also filled with abundant, abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify, Paul said, that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. How do you do that? How do you give more than your ability? It costs faith. These are poor people. And yet they gave not just out of their poverty, but beyond what they could give. That's the New Testament spirit. So please, let's go beyond 10%. In other words, the Bible teaches us as Christians, we need to be generous in every area in taking care of the poor, the needy, the mission work. We need to just have an open hands and an open heart. Yeah. Beyond. What makes such a poor church? People, Paul says, very poor. You could say, okay, you are so poor, you don't have to give to God. Now, you, you go back to the, the whole story of the widow's mind. I'm like, Jesus, come on, give the woman a break. This woman was so poor, she gave her last. And, poor, and Jesus said, she gave the best. In other words, even when we are working at a place, when we know that things are tight, that is the more reason why we should go there. I'm not teaching that. Jesus is teaching that. Out of their very poor state, they gave what they can afford and beyond what they can afford. The place of it. It said, bring the whole tithe. Talks about the percentage and the past of it. And he said, he also teaches us, and I'm teaching you, this is, this is what's called biblical theology or exposition. Now, I'm, I'm not diverting from the verse. Bring the whole tithe into the house. There's a place. It's a storehouse. When they build the tabernacle or the temple later, they build a, a storehouses where people will bring all the food that they need for the taking of the poor, for taking care of the Levites and the priests and taking care of everybody. They were supposed to bring it not to their neighbor. Oh, I know a poor person. No, no, bring it to the storehouse. Our tithes come in. Our offering, we can, tell, we can let it go wherever we want to. But our tithe has to come into the house. Into the storehouse. We have to bring it in. Oh, I have an uncle who is suffering. Can, can, can I send him my tithe into the storehouse? 
you don't decide where your tithe goes. You can decide where your offering goes. You can decide to give the poor and all that. But your tithe belongs to God. You bring it to the house. Can I show you something else? 1 Corinthians chapter 16. In fact, Paul uses exactly the same Hebrew word that is in Malachi about storehouse. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. Exactly the same Hebrew word as God has prospered him. You have to bring it in store. I know especially in North America, we like to designate and put it somewhere. I'm bringing my tithe, but use it to buy a microphone. That's not your place. If you can't trust the leadership of the church, then you should be in the church, really. You should go to a church where you can trust the leadership. I'm telling you, if I can't trust the pastors or the leader, whoever handed for another, I might, I might as well go to some other church. Because you have to trust that God has placed them there, that there's a fear of God in them, that they also know that the money is holy. The tithe is holy to God, and whoever handles it at the church must know that it's not the church's money. It's not, it doesn't belong to Calvary Worship Center. Because it is holy, you have to... Father, let me tell you something. The way we, and I'm telling you exactly what it is, the way we handle finances in this church, sometimes we go overboard because we are afraid that we might mismanage God's, God's money. So I know sometimes we go overboard and it may not be necessary, but I'd rather err on the side of caution because I don't want to touch God's money. You can accuse this church of everything but not misusing money. We are afraid. We are afraid. Because one day we will stand before God and every dollar, and I've told you my story. My story go back way 35 years ago. In a village, I don't know if you mentioned the name, some of you, it's an old village, not Timbuktu, not Mogadishu. We have gone to a crusade, it was raining and it was all done. Some of you have heard my story. And I was the last man packing the instrument and cleaning the platform. And this old lady came, very old lady came, and I, I heard a noise. She dropped some coins. And I raised my hand and I saw her. And I was bending to pick those coins and God spoke to me very clearly. He said, let me tell you, that which God said to me had changed the way I handled God's money. He said, this money belongs to me. It's not yours. Out of her suffering and pain, she has given this money. Be careful how you use it. Otherwise, her sweat, her pain, her, the curses will come upon you. I didn't want to touch that money. I said, hey! I called another guy. I said, you go pick that money. <laughs> he said, why? I said, you go pick it. Don't want to touch it. Since then, I, I've never touched church money. I don't even know how much we have. Unless I go to a board meeting, or I don't even know. And I, it's okay. Others can handle it. I'm not a financier, I'm a preacher. Yeah. Be careful. The tithe comes into the house and trust the house. If they don't do it well, it's their problem. You do your part. If they are filling hands and offering, in First Samuel chapter 2, the people brought offering and they will come and take the best for themselves, buy a nice jet, a nice, it's done. God's money. The place. Now let's talk about the purpose of it. Are you still following me? We are going nicely. Are you still okay? 
Thank you. We've talked about the percentage of it, 10%. The past of it is in the New Testament. It is a starting point. We've talked about the place of it. Bring it to the house. Don't decide where it goes. To the house. Let's talk about the purpose of it. Why do we even give tithes? The Bible says it. It's right in the verse. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring the whole tithe, the percentage, into the storehouse, the place, that there may be food in my house, the purpose. God's house should not run dry. In fact, let me tell you, I don't believe the church should even borrow money from the bank. But we do. Why? Because the people of God are just not doing their work. So you go, you go to borrow money to do things, to... And they take you 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%. They shouldn't. For we should be the one lending the money. But the people of God, we come to a place where we say, no. There has to be food in the house so that the people of God don't go begging for food. So the first is resources. I want to write the word down. So that there will be resources in God's house. It takes resources to do the work that God has called us to do. Resources for God's house. There's a need for resources. When we send missionaries, that is the, the resources, that's your tithe. When we pay our staff and our pastors, that's your tithe. When I speak in the microphone, that's your tithe. When we change a board and you look at this PowerPoint, that's your tithe. The food in your house is get, getting used. When you meet in a beautiful place like this, more than 34,000 square feet, that's a tithe. But it doesn't come cheap. We pay over $36,000 a month here to be here, just to be here. It's your tithe. It's not my money. You and I are making sure that people can come to a safe place where souls can be saved. They can be healed. Marriages can be restored. It's your tithe. One day God will say, because you gave, somebody came to a place and was saved was delivered, marriages were restored, salvation came to the city. And you say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you sick? Because as much as you did for this little one, the least of these, the resources. When we go to Indonesia or Malaysia or Timbuktu or Uganda, it's your tight. Because we are going into the world. When Jesus said that, go to the way and make disciples of all nations, it takes your time to do that. Unless you have the anointing of Philip. Philip Airways. You know Philip Airways? You stand in Samaria, you beam, boom, you're in the desert. If you have the anointing, come and lay hands on all of us. We'll love it. I don't like to fly anyway. Say, hey, where are you going? Palestine. Receive it. We don't need to tight anymore. Lay hands and boom, you are there. That's a special anointing. It's not for everybody. Paul has to go from village to village. He was the greatest apostle. He didn't have Philip's anointing. He went to sheep, I'm sure. Some, my, my daughter was telling me when I said, Daddy, why is Paul is break? I, I'm sure maybe he took the sheep that was on sale. It's what it discounted. This, this one is two for one. You know, it's like those planes, right? I won't, I won't name names. You know, certain planes are very cheap, but be careful. Somebody told me the other day, oh, I went from Seattle to Dallas for $30. I'm like, hey, what kind of Timbuktu plane is that? And recently that plane was in trouble. I called him and said, I told you $30. <laughs> resources. We need resources 
to train. Anytime you pick a child here and you take, take that child upstairs, test resources. The materials are not free. We buy materials every week to train our children, feed them, do things, VBS. It takes lots of money to organize this thing. You're tight. Food in the house. Somebody said resources. You have no idea how many people walk into this place every Sunday who cannot even afford food to eat. Even this morning, as young man is here, now, not, I don't mean to embarrass you, young man. Say, I'm homeless. I don't know where to stay. I told Michelle, make sure that we take care of Take care of him. He's a young man in his teen. He shouldn't be homeless. But he knows that when he gets into the house, your tithes can take care of him. Amen. The Bible said the New Testament church understood it. They gave so much and there was no poor person amongst them. No needy person. That's the spirit I want to create here. Other churches, I don't know. But in this church, I want us to create this spirit of generosity. That when that woman is having problem going to abuse and is in shelter, we should say, sister, you shouldn't be there. We will take care of you. We'll find a nice place for you and your child to stay. Meanwhile, as we work through your relationship, that's what church about. Am I crazy? That's what I want. Is that too much to ask? Because you don't know. Many of us, we live from paycheck to paycheck. Some of you, if you lose your job today, you'll be on the street. And that is why it's important we support one another. Except by the grace of God, you don't even know where you'll be tomorrow. If you miss one paycheck, many of us can't pay our mortgages. The grace of God. So we need to support one another. When we have something in our hands, we need to give it up. Knowing that one day as we help others, we are helping Jesus and we are helping one another. Even more importantly than resources, the purpose is for reverence. This is very important too. Watch this. Why should we give to God our 10%? Deuteronomy 14, 23 says, bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place that your God chooses for his name to be on it and eat there in his presence. Now listen to this. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, biscuit, everything. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord, yeah. your God. Yeah. Tithe is taught me how to fear God. This belongs to God. It's holy to God. I recognize God in my life. When I say, God, take it, I'm saying, God, it's yours. You own my life. You are the owner. You are the originator. You are the overseer. I am saying, remind myself every week or every two weeks or every month, whenever I pay my tithe, to say that, God, you are number one in my life. You are my source, my sustainer, and my supplier. Whenever I give an envelope to God, I say, God, I'm making a statement. In case I don't open my mouth to say thank you, my, the Bible says that Abel's offering still, though he's dead, still speaks. Because your offering speaks. What does it say? God, I thank you. God, I honored you. God, you are number one in my life. God, I'm, I may not have said it yesterday, but let this offering speak. Reverence, the fear of God, teaches me how to fear God always. I'm almost there. Where are we? Now the fun part. Let's talk about the provision. Now we are looking at verse by verse. There are threefold blessings the Bible mentioned. I'm going to go through quickly, so you, you got to be very fast. That the Bible promises when we obey, Malachi, when we obey to bring the whole tithe, the percentage, when we bring it to the storehouse, the place, 
when we make sure there's food in the house, the purpose, God said, this is what will happen. What I found out with us, a lot of our believers, me included, we like the blessings, but we don't like the condition. How many times have you heard people say, my God shall supply me all my needs according to his riches in glory. I said, stop right there. Read the verse before. He said, when you give to God, then your God shall supply. So anytime you quote it, please quote the verse before. Quote verse Philippians 4, add 18 and 19 to it to help you to fear God. And my God, there is a blessing that comes when we walk in the fear of God. And Jesus himself says it. Like Peter said, we've given to you. What, what is it worth? If anybody who gives to me, he says a hundredfold. Now this is a problem. We don't really believe that. Because if we do, most of us will be giving a lot away. If I tell you, you give me five bucks, I will multiply you 500. Wouldn't you give it to me? Unless I'm a magician or something, right? If I tell you to invest, say this one, 15%. And we do that. We go to the world and we trust the world with our money. But we don't trust our, our money with God. We trust them all. Is it a bit too hard? I can, I can water it a bit. I can pour some water in. I can stay. Is that Okay. I'm almost done, I'm almost done. My job as your pastor is to prepare you for heaven and prepare you to live here as light and salt. There are some things, look, this subject, I have not touched this subject for almost five years in this church because I don't like it. And God said, you are not helping your people. So it's not something I'd like to talk about. If you've been here five years in this church, you've never heard me. Heard me. In fact, most of you have never heard me talk about tithing. You've never, because I, 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 I don't really care about it. Because my prayer is that let God touch people's heart. Let them catch the revelation and they will just give. But there are some things that don't come merely by revelation. Some things come by the word. Spirit and truth. Some people, through the spirit, they're able to do it. That's how we worship God. Some people, you have to expose them to truth. And that's what I'm doing. You shall know the truth shall set you free. There are three-fold blessings. Number one, the Bible says God will renew. When we give, all that we are doing is we are renewing our faith. Because brothers and sisters, let me be very honest with you. Giving is a faith issue. It's a faith issue. You either believe God or you don't. If you believe God, you are generous. If you don't believe God, you see it as a loss. And that's what the Bible says. Let's go to the verse, verse 10. It says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The next line says, and try me now in this. It's a faith issue. Can you trust God? Can you say, okay, God, this is what you say. I am going to trust you. If you don't do it because you don't try, you can't try God because you don't trust him. Every time you give to God your best, you are renewing and increasing your faith. You are saying, God, you are more than able. You are more than able. I may not know where my rent is coming from. You are more than able. I may not even know where I will get the money to send to my folks back home, but you are more than able. You are stretching your faith. When that woman gave her might, it was a, it was a question of faith. Because how then was she going to eat? How then was it going to take? I'm sure that that widow may have children. How then is a question of faith. Try me. Number two, when you come to God with your blessing, with your tithe, it releases God's favor. 
He said, try me because it's a question of faith. And then the, then the same verse says in verse 10, go back. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, this is the only place the Bible mentions windows of heaven. We hear about doors. We hear about other entrances. But windows of heaven comes as a result. Let me say this. I am not saying to you that God will not bless you if you don't give. That's not what I'm saying. God is a gracious God. He's a good God. Even people are not Christians, God blesses them. The Bible says the rain falls on both the what? The good, the good and the bad. Now, that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying, though. There are certain blessings you will not get unless you enter into giving. That's what I'm saying. There are certain blessings you will not get unless you enter into prayer. There are certain blessings you will not get unless you help the poor. There are certain blessings you will not get unless you fast. There are certain blessings you will not get unless you do certain things. It's all in the scriptures. These windows of heaven Bible talks about is reserved for those who are able to trust God in their giving. Am I saying something? Okay. Let me give you one more. I said three-foot blessings. And he also said he will rebuke your foe. Not only giving, renew your faith, not only does it release God's favor, it also rebuke the devourer. Your foe, your enemy. He said, and then verse 10 says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. What is he saying? The enemy can't touch this. In other words, he has a limit. You know why he couldn't even touch Job? He said, you have set a hedge around him because verse 1 tells us that Job was a Giver every morning, he brings sacrifices for himself, for his children. God built an edge around him. Let me tell you something also that it will interest you. If you don't give to God, the devil will take it anyway. He will. He will take it. He will come in and you don't know what you've done with your money. I have $100, I don't know what it is, gone. All of a sudden, oh, I have this. My pipe just got burst. My washing machine just stopped working. There are ways God blesses you that you don't even know. Because he has no rain, U.S. dollars in your bedroom doesn't mean he's not providing for you. Somebody tell me, how do you think he provided for the children of Israel in the wilderness? Didn't he rain money? They never change their shirt. Their shirt look always like designer clothes for 40 years. They didn't need to go to a laundry because God said, I'll provide for you. It's not just in buying new shirt. God said, the one you have, I'm going to keep it. The Bible said their shoes were as new as the day they left Egypt. Look around and see the faithfulness of God. Look at how God has kept you. There are people, if they tell you the amount of money they spend on drugs, and God has kept you healthy, don't you think he's providing for you? Because you are not driving a limousine, doesn't mean God is blessing. He blesses in many ways that we don't know. Even life. Some will give a million dollars. I'm sure that Steve Jobs would have given five billion dollars just to live. He had the money. But money cannot buy you healing. But God has given you peace, joy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can go to bed and sleep. You don't have to worry. Taking anxiety from your mind. 
You wake up in the morning and you can, you can see your leg. Can still, I was talking to a fellow the other day. Woke up in the morning and the legs just gave. They've done all kinds of things and he's frustrated. He said, brother, I'm from Atlanta. I said, but God, so you got to pray. You got to give your life to Jesus. There are things that ma- machines, MRI can take you so far. And when it's, where it stops, you have to let God take over. Say, God, your light is bigger than any MRI. Will you shine into my feet and let them know what is happening to me? Let me end here by this. I told you it was a long sermon, but I want to write it down the practice quickly. I'm going to take about 30 seconds quickly. How, where do we start? Number one, it starts with a devotion, a, a decision, excuse me. Make a decision. He says in Malachi, return to me. And I'll return to you. How do you return? Through your giving, tithes and offering. Many of us need to return. I don't know your story. I don't know how much you pay. I don't check it. And I don't want to. But you know your heart. You work. You receive an income. Are you robbing God? Are you taking that we belongs to God? We need to come in repentance and say, God, forgive me. I have eaten that which is holy. That does not belong to me. And that's the word of God. Number two. We need to be devoted. Bring, make tight a devotion, a priority in your life. Before you take anything, must, when you draw your budget, it must be no matter one on the list. The way I've set my account, the day that I receive my paycheck, it's the same day my tithe comes out. God, you are my priority. And God sees that. And he will honor you. Finally, you got to be disciplined. Oh, it's not easy, I can tell you. There are some times I look at my tight, I'm like, this thing can do the car payment behind my car payment. Discipline is always painful. You have to be relentless. It takes effort. It takes pain. In the Bible, they call it sacrifice. Sacrifice involves pain. When I'm giving to God, I don't feel it. That's not sacrifice. I must feel it. And don't tell me that it's not easy always. When God said, give this person five bucks. And I'm looking at that. The way the person is dressed, even his shoe is nicer than mine. God said, give him five bucks. And I'm trying to justify. I say, God, is it you? If he's a devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I hear the same small voice. Five dollars. Father, I want to wait, go on a fast for three days. If this is you, speak to me clearly. If this is who, if this is you, I want to see the whole of Suri burn with fire. <laughs> because I'm trying to make it difficult. But we can begin. The Bible says God loves. What does it say cheerful? It's a question of the heart. Will you bow your head down and ask God, will you touch my heart? We, I want you to have fun doing this. Otherwise, become legalistic and God does not bless. He wants a heart. Say, God, this is a heart issue. Indeed, I said to my wife, I have not increased my tithe because maybe I don't trust God. And it's been a while. And I made a decision this Wednesday. I don't know about you. You got to make a decision today. And say, God, I return to you. If God has spoken to you, I'm not, God is not saying, don't just put anything. Every day I come to church, I put an offering. God says, I want your tithe. Is that my 10%? Bring the whole tithe. 
I'm going to leave you. I'm going to stand aside the next one minute. And please, if you don't need to stand up, just sit quietly. I don't want to disturb others. God needs to wrestle with some people's heart right now because we need to invest for eternity. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Hope for All Nations, a Calvary Worship Center podcast. We pray that God's word will continue to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And that as you spend time in his presence, you will be abundantly fruitful. You are also most welcome to join us for our in-person worship services. If you are in Western Canada, we have locations in Surrey, BC and New Westminster, BC, as well as Calgary, Alberta. In Washington state, we have a location in Bellingham and a location in Ghana. You can find out more information at calvaryonline.ca. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you.